0: This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Christopher Gonzalez and...
1: Megan Barsalia.
0: Today we will be talking some about choreography. Uh, Today is the due date for step sheet submissions at Fun in the Sun in Florida, which is coming right up. And I definitely... Uh, I I paid for two entries into the competition Um, I know for sure what two of them are going to be and uh, the third is undecided so we are looking at possibly entering previously choreographed dances uh, from earlier earlier this year or finishing one or two dances that have been in the works for a while Something about them continues to elude us. So today we will be uh, going over an article entitled How to Choreograph a Dance When You Are Stuck. Choreography Outside the Box. This is from the New York Film Academy, which can be found at nyfa.edu. <clears throat> so now I'll get this opening paragraph going here. <clears throat> Setting dance choreography can be a daunting task. Whether you are a new or seasoned choreographer, you may find yourself at a creative block during some of the process. These are perfect opportunities to be daring and think outside of the box. Use whatever challenge you are facing to create something new. Choreographing is a work of passion and expression that can be rewarding despite difficulties that may arise. Oftentimes when people think of dance, they may imagine traditional ballet and jazz dance. In these more traditional forms, the choreography may follow the music exactly and use a structure such as ABA, theme, variation on the theme, and repetition of the theme. However, if you are choreographing in these genres or another one altogether, breaking this mold can provide satisfying results. The elements of dance include shape, space, time, and energy. These are important to consider when creating movements for your piece. Different use of these elements can produce varying results when choreographing. Be conscious and aware of how you use them. They can open up doors and also cause our creative process to come to a standstill. Use them wisely. Here are some choreographic ideas to get your creative juices flowing. One, choreograph in a non-linear fashion. Instead of starting at the beginning and plowing all the way through, why not start in the middle? or begin working with several movement phrases and just see where it takes you.
1: Um, let me start off by saying I am extremely fortunate. I have several different individuals in our line dance communities community that have been generous enough to take me on as a pupil or a at least someone they're willing to give feedback to and... Um, I get a lot of my inspiration from them, and even just simple conversations with them, not necessarily like their specific dance styles, but as well as their dance styles, because there is certain points in which um, I connect to them through their dance. Uh, With that said, I take into consideration that people could connect with me through my choreography. Um, perfect example of the, uh, non start in the middle or something like that. Um, I was actually speaking with Kat Painter last night and I was going over, um, a very, very rough draft of a dance that I am 100% unsettled. It's not done for me whatsoever, um... I knew there needed to be adjustments. I just couldn't figure out where and what I wanted to do with them. So I sought her advice. And she was talking to me about, one of my concerns, ironically enough, uh, was from the ending going into the beginning. And so she said, well, that ending four counts hits it perfectly every time. So what I would do is I would start from those four counts and see what flows naturally after the end of the dance into the beginning so it's not such a hard start, very obvious point that this is where the dance starts. Um, I know I've done it with a couple other things where it's like for whatever reason it didn't feel right starting in the beginning there wasn't something that grabbed me that I wanted to start and hit that exact spot, but another 16 counts in, that was where I was like, I can see this movement. So I'm going to play with this movement here and see where the body naturally takes me. Mm. So it, it certainly works, not necessarily starting in the beginning of the dance.
0: I think that was in the Linda McCormick and Gary O'Reilly interview as well, where they talked about uh, their secret trick of starting like five counts in because it's it's so hard to know there's a lot of pressure on those first few counts it's hard to know what's going to make the best first impression on people who are learning it because you don't want to start with something cliche and there's so many well one of these days we should have an episode just talking about all the different openings there are in line dance uh like walk walk triple of some kind or walk 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 kick back 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 touch or back 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 whatever yeah um and or a couple toe struts. Like, there's so many different things that you see all the time. You think, well, how is mine going to stand apart? Um, and until you come up with something that's just, like, genius, you know, nothing else is going to get done. Exactly. So get work on, you know, whatever other part later on in the song that you know you want to do something with. Like, for example, the one that I'm working on, they mention something about hands are up. Uh, his hands are up. I'm like, all right, there, there, there has to be some way... To naturally make that happen, because people are gonna wanna do it when they hear it in the lyrics. It's in the chorus. Yeah. So if I can start from a place like that, or another part where they say swaying, I'm like, okay, so there has to be swaying there. Like, why would you do like a toe strut right there? It doesn't make any sense. So then it becomes more like connect the dots, like get the spots you really wanna hit first. And then when you feel comfortable with how inevitable they seemed almost, then you can transition into them in whatever way is most natural and sometimes the beginning is just a transition maybe the spot you want to hit is at count 5 um, in In the one that uh, in the one that I'm working on right now let's see there's a, there's a part in the verse where it could be whole counts but then there's another part in the chorus that uh, is syncopated and to me it seemed more important to hit it during the chorus because you're going to hear the chorus a lot more uh, let's see what the word is on that uh, Let's see Oh yeah, they use the word away So I know that whatever it is I want to m- move in an away fashion Because approaching wouldn't make sense But it's so close to the beginning That really all I'm doing with the first few counts Whatever they end up being Is transitioning into an away motion mm-hmm. So I'll hopefully be able to find something That uh, that like leads directly into that Because whatever the lyrics are On the first couple counts like, they're unremarkable, they're just kind of set up words It's not like they start with a big bang like uh, Stomp your feet or chase that dollar Where you really like having that scuff on beat one yeah. With this song, it, beat one and two aren't really that important mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, whereas I kind of have the opposite effect On the one I'm currently working on mm-hmm. um, The first couple beats for the verses Meh, they're alright but they hit so hard in the chorus that it's like you really want to accent those. So it's a matter of, all right, which one's more important? Or can I find a move that actually hits both appropriately? Mm-hmm. So it, it can be challenging for sure. Mm-hmm. So sometimes starting halfway through or even at the end and carrying over um, is, is a good way to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Number two. Use improvisation as an impetus for movement, phrases, or overall dances. You can improvise as the choreographer, or have your dancers improvise for you. Videotaping improvisations can also be very helpful. If you love improvisation, or perhaps envision your final work being slightly different each night, you can even integrate improvisation into your piece. Such as work from home. Just have fun with it. That part in uh, end of D.
1: Yes, they, they give you that permission They're, here Here's so many counts that you get to play with it mm-hmm. um, And I've seen a lot of people do different things with it I've seen a lot of people um, Imitate some of the play that the choreographers originally put into it mm-hmm. uh, But in the subsheet it, it says just have fun um, I also know <laughs> after a conversation with... Uh, one of my really close friends, uh, she was talking about a dance that she was going to teach that she had choreographed, but she hadn't written the step sheet yet. Mm -hmm. And after teaching the first eight counts, she swapped two eight counts on purpose last minute and went, hmm, I wonder how this will hit as she's teaching it. And then when the music started... It just, it was perfect. Like it, mm-hmm. she's like, I couldn't have asked for it to be better right then and there, the way it hit the music on certain lyrics. And all I did was flip to eight counts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not necessarily the best recommendation of how to do it, but you know, it's a perfect example of the improvisation in at its uh, truest form
0: mm-hmm.
1: right there on the spot.
0: That's funny. Just last night I was listening to the song that I'm working on right now on loop And I was trying to think of, like, different things that would click with uh, different parts of it. And sometimes what what I'll do just to, like, give myself some ideas is in my head, or if I have the ability, like, if I have a dance floor to play with, uh, I'll do some other dance to it. Like uh, Can't Walk Away or, you know, the first one that I did, um, I think I ended up titling it Throwdown. I'm not sure if it has a name. (laughs) But... um, like, I'll do those to whatever the song is, and then see if any of those things click. And I, last night, I actually used counts from the other one that we're working on, a much slower, like, lovey ballad song, and I cut the first one, two, and three, four. After cutting the first four counts and starting from count five, it hits really well with the beginning of this other song. But I thought, oh, no, we're working on that other one, and I really like how those counts are there. So I don't want to like plagiarize off of ourselves (laughs) and take away from that other dance. But it definitely inspired me to find an analog to whatever happened in that dance with this one. So hopefully I'll be able to hit it uh, with that similar rhythm, just not the exact movements.
1: Yeah, that's actually... um, I had a conversation with uh, John Mm -hmm. O'Lieberman, and he says when he first hears a, a song or whatever that he really, really likes... He'll do, like, just a simple thirty couple 32-count dances to it to see, like, where it hits or if it needs a tagger, restart, or something like that, um, just to kind of get a feel for the piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he'll go and make his, you know, movements accordingly from there. Mm -hmm. But um, it's it's certainly another thing to keep in mind, just kind of seeing and feeling how it may hit with other movements that you're already familiar with and how then you can adjust them so that it's not an exact replica but mm-hmm. maybe like that one sway or that hold really just hit mm-hmm. and so it's like okay no I want to make sure I I hit that moment right there that was really cool
0: mm-hmm.
1: how can I build up to that
0: mm-hmm. I also like what they mentioned about video uh, recording because we did that with Jono uh, on our last visit to LA we had my GoPro and just had a few minutes unattended in the Tesla, uh, what would you call Tesla dealership Dealership. where he works and put the music on, just had the music on on loop and started moving to it and seeing, you know, what felt like motions that you'd want to do in the final, but uh, just kind of naturally shifting weight, moving in circles, traveling, traveling, Having it all on video helps you remember what you did that you liked.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know how many times I've done the... Wait, what did I just do? What did I just do? I almost had that. And then, like, I never quite remember exactly how it went. Mm -hmm. And that can get frustrating.
0: This is when it is invaluable having a co-choreographer, because I know that helped a lot during uh, Can't Walk Away. Yeah. Things would just happen. It's like, do that again. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Oh, let's see. For improvisation, also... Just being in a safe space I find helps a lot uh, because if I'm really going to let go and just see what weird stuff comes out, I don't want to have like roommates walk in and say, what are you doing? That looked really weird. And then you're just done for like the next hour. You don't want to do anything. Um, So if possible, make sure that you can improvise and play in a place where it's okay and you can feel like all the emergency breaks, everything has been let loose and I know for some people alcohol helps it's not really my thing but uh I I've heard stories uh, <laughs> as we both have a very interesting dances coming out of very drunken sessions
1: yes um <laughs> at coming off your uh safe spacing that is that is absolutely crucial um I know for me it even working in the same room as someone, no matter how much I trust them or I know that they're in their own corner doing their own thing, their back is to me. It, it's a very self-conscious thing because of the fact that, um, for me, choreography is very, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You are showing yourself in the choreography and that exploration process um can can be scary. It can mm. be very intimidating, and um, so I have to be in the right frame of mind, in the right environment, in you know the right safe area, um, and that can be really hard to find every now and then. Like you get lucky, but it can be really challenging in your day to day activities. Mm-hmm. So if you can find that and hold on to it,
0: yeah, yeah i I think one of the things that like. I don't know, stresses me out when I'm in that middle process before things are done is when I'm done, when, when I feel like I've made the best choices for every every count across the dance then i can stand behind it i can put my name on i can say this is what i did and i'll show it to anybody who wants to see but until that point if somebody says like wow that was really ugly like why would you choose to do that that was like hey i wasn't done yet like that's not fair you can't judge me based on things i was trying and then i would you know probably escalate into some spiral of like don't look at that get out of here whatever um Because I don't want my name attached to that yet. That was just the experiment. That was not the finished product. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. I like this idea. Choreograph without music. If you ever feel stuck choosing music or you are working with a composer creating an original score, try choreographing without music at first. This will create a dramatically different effect on the relationship between the dance movement and the music. This works particularly well with more ambient, sparse soundscapes. i never considered that.
1: Isn't that basically what we did during our experiment, though? We just put oh. a lot of stipulations oh. on it. We limited what we were allowed to use and what we could do with it. And
0: this was uh, for anybody who has been listening to the show for a while, hashtag wokepop, uh aka don't learn this dance. Please don't learn this dance. You'll be doing yourself a disservice if you learn this dance. Uh, we we experimented with creating a dance that was intentionally rushed out uh, just to coincide with the release of a new pop song and we pre-choreographed it not knowing what the song was gonna sound like exactly. We only heard a snippet of it from Katy Perry's promotional tweet and we thought, okay, let's see if we can build an entire dance around just what we know from these six seconds. And that's what we did. Then later on, we we listened to it and we're like, okay, well, we can flesh it out a little bit here, here, and here. But a lot of it was done just mathematically and saying, well, I guess this is a trendy move. We can squeeze it in between this transition and that tag.
1: Well, and that's exactly what we we had (laughs) written down a list of what were the most popular moves that we wanted to try and incorporate.
0: For their own sake.
1: Just for the fact that they were popular moves at the moment. Right. So
0: this was a it, very cynical experiment
1: Yeah, it was bad <laughs> yeah. But um, So, yeah, we, we have choreographed without music mm-hmm. um, I know that I personally prefer to hear the music Because that's what inspires my movements mm-hmm. However, um, when I get a little bit stuck I will turn off the music Or I'll go to a different song, even Um, and play with the counts that I have at that point and see what else comes up and then go back and test it with the music. Mm -hmm. But I always listen to the music first and really, really like build it into my head to know, like, okay, that's kind of the sound I'm going for, and so it's more of a memory test at that point Mm -hmm. as opposed to really hearing... Because sometimes you can get really confused as to whether or not you want to hit the lyrics or the... Drums or right. a special instrument that's in there, or some high or some hold, or something in the music, and that can be distracting with all the other sounds that are going on if you're just trying to feel how it actually moves.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I was doing last night when we were driving back from Stoney's Rock and Rodeo, and I just had the song on loop, um, there would be points, and uh, I was doing this a little bit before before that um, drive earlier in the day, where I had just heard it so many times and I wasn't coming up with anything new, so that's when I started looking at the lyrics, and I created almost like a version of the song that only used the words that I wanted to hit. So normally... In a sentence, you hear like three things that are just you know whatever, just words, and then a fourth word that's like oh that's interesting, like what an inter- what a cool concept or whatever. Um, but sometimes the interesting word will be on beat one, and sometimes the interesting word will be on in another sentence on beat four, and then elsewhere in the bridge maybe it's on beats two and three. So I just pulled all the interesting words regardless of how they made sense, and then I just strung the words together on paper. So I guess without giving too much away, because no one's gonna make any sense out of any of this, if I were just to like do the words that I have here much slower than the beat of the song, it'd be like hard, push, baby, in, up, music, you, music, miss you, crazy, fire, Higher, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, and so on.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a really bad pickup line. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That kind of does. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, making a dance out of all of those spots that I want to hit, I can do without the music. Because I already know generally what I want for the syncopation. I know based on how the notes are moving, whether I want it to be rising or falling movement. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, you know, lyrics. So um, to give myself a break from being overwhelmed by everything all happening at once, listening to the actual song, I can just pick it apart and take the music aspect out of it and look just at the lyrics for this part. And then earlier in the process, when I was just looking at syncopations and rising and falling, then I was listening to the music without paying attention to the words, unless the words were syncopating in a way that I wanted to hit. And you can do that segment by segment, like hitting percussion instruments, hitting the lead uh guitar or whatever whatever solo thing is going on, um, and then just replay it, listen to a different part, replay it, listen to a different part, yeah, and sometimes good. sometimes that involves not music,
1: yeah, that's actually how I got the rough draft um to my newest mess mm-hmm. I'm gonna say right now mm-hmm. um is because I was trying to choreograph something to a different song and I switched over just to kind of break up what was going on in my head because I was stuck at a certain point. And then all of a sudden, like, the other one just completely opened up and went, okay, well, I have a very, 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 very rough draft. Now it's time to figure out where I can pull some of these movements and switch them out for something actually creative.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have some um, some transitions like that as well where... I know that I want it to hit generally like one, two, three, and four. So I'll just throw in like a walk, walk, shuffle, right? But I know that's not going to make it into the final because that's boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like sometimes a dance only needs to be basic steps that are just recombined in a a, a way that you haven't seen before. And those can be fun. You know, those dances can be fun. They just kind of give you a little bit of a break, Yeah. Yeah. And then some songs you're like, no, I need to like get weird. I need, to, I need to feel like this is innovating a little bit. Especially when you've already reserved some parts of the song for transition movements. Like if they're saying something about turning or leaving I'm probably going to throw in a turn. But if I'm doing a turn there then I don't want to just like waste the next six counts or whatever by doing turn and then another turn yeah. and another turn. Like I want to do something that hits the music still but is more appropriate to that particular part. So those fillers, I kind of label in my mind, not to get attached to.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Number four, look at the basic elements of your dance. Shape, space, time, and energy. You can create entire dances based on one element alone, or use these individual elements to create variations on your dance phrases. Step back and brainstorm ideas about each element through writing. Then, explore your ideas through movement.
1: Hmm. Through writing. That's an interesting
0: one.
1: Hmm. Um, shape is a big one that people have warned me about. Like, what's the shape of your dance? Where is it moving? Mm-hmm. Um, Which I guess in that point would be space. Uh, Time, we've always been recommended... That um, in literal sense of time that dances ideally want to be no more than three minutes, Mm -hmm. three minutes and a half, um, just for your kind of like. Typical dance. I mean, if there's something like really cool or really special, you can maybe push it a little bit longer, but not too much longer.
0: It's a, yeah, it's a similar principle as like what pop music gets on the radio. People get bored after a while.
1: Yeah. Um, and then energy. My thought process on that one is like what you're trying to express. What 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 is the overall feel of this particular um, dance? Mm. Uh, I know shape is one thing that I'm currently looking at when it comes to uh, the one we're currently working on because I have a very, like, almost set, like, idea of how I want it to look but, like, figuring out how to make it look like that is a whole different ballgame. But I want it to look a certain way because I think it would really be interesting one but two i think it would complement the song more if it looks in this particular shape as Definitely. opposed to any other shape It'd be
0: very thematic for for what the the uh kind of dance uh, or song it is like what the singer intended uh, would match well with the shape that we have in mind
1: yeah exactly yeah uh
0: um, with energy you, you mentioned like um something that came to mind uh there was a popular country song that came out on the radio somewhat recently, and a whole bunch of people put out dances for it. And I've seen a range of, of ways that people have interpreted it. Uh, one of the things that I remember somebody mentioning about one of them was, and I think it might have been that person's first dance um, that they choreographed, uh, they said that for what the song was trying to do, because it's kind of a, like, casual, driving in doo doo do ba ba um, there was a lot of footwork happening, and it didn't really seem appropriate for the mood of the song. The song seemed like you're just kind of grooving and maybe one person would think that's more like sweeps and rocks, and somebody else, for whatever reason, thinks that's a lot of like weaves, and box steps and kickball changes, and depending what the person who's listening to the song is feeling, they might be able to find a a dance that works for them, but overall, you'd probably want to match what the majority of people would hear when they hear that song. And if a lot of people are hearing just kind of a grooving, um, weekend, backroad kind of song, then your dance is probably going to appeal to the greatest number of people. Not that that's always the most important thing to consider, but if you want a lot of people to enjoy it, then a lot of people are probably thinking they want a dance that feels like weekend grooving, sweeping, and not a lot of work.
1: And that that gets really hard to interpret, honestly, because Mm -hmm. it's wherever you are currently at in your connection to that song. True. Um, it's very possible that the majority of the people hear that groove or whatever, but for whatever reason, um, this particular choreographer felt a different connection to that song. I mean, I know that there's been songs that I've shelved months ago because I wasn't ready to even get my toes wet in the idea of choreography. And going back and listening to I'm Looking for New Music, I'm kind of like, what was it about this song that I wanted to dance to? Like, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. And that's that's only one example of, like, the difference you can hear in music, and that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, I originally wanted to do something to it, and now I don't. So mm-hmm. it's, kind, it's kind of interesting that I alone can have a difference. Mm-hmm. And then you add in other people and what they may hear. Um... It's one of the good things about seeking out um, feedback, Mm -hmm. because people are going to hear different things, but it's most crucial that you are true to yourself and what you want to express. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's your art.
1: Exactly. Um, And they're just there to give you what they think they hear or what they see, which could be completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's okay. Okay. You know, you don't have to go with their stuff. Or maybe they have like an amazing suggestion that you're like, no, you're so right. I don't know why I didn't hear that before. Thank you for pointing that out. Now I can't not hear it. Mm -hmm. So then now I can play with that.
0: Yeah, there have been some songs that I've gone back and listened to as well that were on some of my older wish lists where I would a a couple different things sometimes would happen with them. One of them is I would listen to it and think, okay, I do want to move to this. But all I really want to do is jump up and down. Like, <laughs> I don't really hear anything more complicated in it than that. This is just a jump up and down kind of a song. And then there are other ones where I really like the words and I really like the music and I like how it feels. Like, it puts something, some kind of energy into my body. But every time, because sometimes they're a weird tempo, it's either too fast or too slow to actually move with the beat. Mm-hmm. I think, you know? Maybe all I really want to do is just drive with this song playing and imagine things that are happening in the song. Because when I do any of them, it doesn't really work out. Right. It practi- it, like, practically speaking, it just does not fit. Uh, I, have, I have a couple of songs that are like that, where they're singing about something that's really like sultry and sexy, but the beat... If you do it too slow, it does not make you feel sexy. Or if you do it too fast, you feel rushed. And then you also don't feel sexy. You seem overeager. Right. So after a while, like if you got other things on your plate, you just kind of have to put that one away because the energy does not lend itself to an easy line dance experience. Yeah. It doesn't feel like something that just flows and unfolds from, oh, the song is playing. I must move like this, like pieces. Very easy to just hear that and your body moves into it. Pieces Mm -hmm. by Dustin Betts. Everybody, I'm sure, who's listening to this already knows of it or has learned it, so not much more I need to say about that, but um, yeah, definitely a good example of natural movement to the Mm -hmm. music. Time, um, it's kind of related with that, where I'll hear a song, and we actually just had this experience recently. We were listening to new music we were thinking about choreographing to, and after a while, we were like, oh, yeah, mm, good beat, but... Oh, wow, this song's still playing. (laughs) Like, what? How long is it? Oh, it's about the three-minute mark. And it still had 40 seconds to go. So, that's another thing to consider is um, you want to do these movements to the music, but for how long? Like, after a while, whatever the novelty is in your movements has run out. And you're just still doing the dance. So... That would be another reason to potentially end there. Because some songs you can fade out. You can just say, like, you know, at around this point, you know, fade the music out if you'd like, uh, because maybe the music changes drastically. Like in uh, Sign of the Times by Melissa Culbertson and Rude Luna, Uh, the, the song changes a lot toward the end. So they just say, fade out around here. But other songs, they don't really change. It's just, you've heard verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus. Bridge, quiet chorus, building chorus, big chorus, outro chorus. there's too many choruses, and you don't want to do the dance anymore, but you also don't want to walk off the floor, so then you just resent the choreographer for putting that out and inflicting it upon you. <laughs> at least that's what I imagine happens when I do something like that, so i don't I don't want to do things like that
1: um yeah, I'm actually thinking of how I felt last night. there was a certain point in which. I had gotten to with my movements where I was like, I'm tired of just doing these filler steps. I want to fix this. I want to fix this. I want to fix this. And I was maybe halfway through the dance at that point. Mm. And I was trying to think about how to fix it while I was dancing it, while I was uh, showing Kat and trying to get her input. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Because like I'm not attached to any of it. And she's like, okay, Well, here's what I hear. Here's what I see. Here's where this worked. Here's where that didn't work. Here's where I'd play with the movement. Um, So see if you can't even just like rotate a little bit or turn a little bit or something different here because right now this is what it looks like. And I went, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just needed something because no matter how many times I've played with it in the last four or five days, nothing was coming to mind. And the fewer the few movements I tried to adjust into it, just, it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was worse than the filler movements. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know like halfway through last night, I was going like, am I still dancing this? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that says something if I'm not in love with this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, that, sl- that thing she mentioned about uh, doing like a slight turn or something, that completely applies to the last one, two, three, and four, five, eight counts of Can't Walk Away, uh, which is set to the song Craving You by Thomas Rhett featuring Maren Morris. (laughs) Uh, If you take the counts after the Mambo Step, you could walk back, back, coaster, step, step, half turn, walk, walk. Boring. What we did instead was back with a heel grind, back with a heel grind, coaster, turn or sailor turn whatever that Uh, coaster cross cross with a turn yeah that's that's a lot to say in one step but anyway coaster cross with a quarter turn to the right big slide to the left touch with with an eighth turn at the touch and then another eighth turn to camel walk camel walk or pop pop whatever you want to say Um, but all of those things would get you to the same place Because if you're going back-back, that could just be walk-walk. Coaster step versus coaster cross, all you're really accomplishing with the coaster step versus the coaster cross is turning around somehow to the back wall. So if you just coaster stepped forward and it didn't do the slide touch, then you could just do step half turn. And the end is just pop-pop. You could just make that a boring walk-walk. By altering all of those steps slightly it all ends up being a lot more interesting and more tailored to the specific dance.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Let's see, so there's time, there's energy. Oh, space, I find it's kind of a blessing and a curse that I have this small bedroom that I rent uh, because on the one hand, it's really useful uh, in keeping my movements constrained enough to be able to do them on a dance floor. There are dances that we don't do that often uh, because most of the places we go have smaller floors and we just can't travel that much. And yeah. the dance calls for a lot of traveling. They ended in a place far away from where they began uh, after the first wall. So it only really comes back after four walls or two walls. Well, yeah, mostly four walls is where you run into this problem I found. Uh, so having not much space to work with, I find it uh, a lot easier to imagine oh there should probably be a turn here just to get us back to where we started
1: yeah uh there's one dance in particular that comes to mind that moves very very far to the right oh yes very far to the right and
0: then it restarts and you move farther to the right Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah
1: um and that's actually one of the few things that I am very grateful I spoke with uh Jono about Mm. was he, he told me, he goes, just remember, if you have a restart in your dance, what that does to your dancers who are on the outsides. Yes. Because if they're already pressed up against a wall and they're supposed to go further into that wall, uh, good luck. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I've kind of like considered, okay, well, where's the restart happening? How close... Um, into back into the center point am i does it work have i traveled completely to the left side what's going on um and it worked out beautifully for can't walk away thank heavens Mm -hmm. yeah you Um,
0: restart exactly on the dot pretty much where you were
1: right in the beginning right on the spot and Mm -hmm. um and that's one thing that i know we've tested too after we have a general here's a very very rough draft of 32 counts how much does it move?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've even done it with the the restarts um, on the new song or whatever because it restarts after so many counts of e- and it's a couple different spots yeah. that eight
0: counts, sixteen counts, sixteen counts again later, a count, a two count tag.
1: Yeah, so we're like, okay, well, Ugh. where, where, how far to the right or the left or the front or the back have we shifted? Um, are we kind of in the same area? Is this a safe restart? Have we completely pushed our people off the dance floor? I mean, what's going on? So it's it's certainly space is something that um, I'm not sure if a lot of choreographers take into consideration, but I really hope they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and any, you know, aspiring choreographers out there, it's it's been great advice for me to try and at least keep things contained in a, in a smaller space in the sense of like, here is where the dance is moving. Don't move off the dance floor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that occurred to me just last night, uh, after finally coming up with something that I would like to test out more today for the uh, hands are up part, it, that's where the restart is because it's 16 counts into the dance. And the restart only happens once. But uh, The last four counts of the dance The last 20, 29 through 32 They lead into the beginning I really like how 29 through 32 Would lead into the beginning uh, Moving forward on your right foot However At the end of the first 16 counts The thing that came to mind That works really well For counts 13-13 through 16 uh, I end up on my left leg moving backwards with my right foot in the air and I really like how that works at that spot but if it restarts I'm supposed to get back somehow to moving forward and hitting the downbeat with my right foot in front of me then it occurred to me as we were talking I could cheat and just do a 16 count tag and then I can do whatever I want because yes. it's like you know cr- crazy glue of just smash all these things together like now not only can it clean up getting that restart to happen by just c- uh, contriving some set of movements that leads into it the way the last 30 29 through 32 did it also travels you back to the beginning however you want your 16 counts could be clear across the room you don't have to move away and then come back in those 16 counts unless you want the restart to be just a restart if you want to move away at the end of the 32 or whatever and you need to get back to that spot then just yeah travel do whatever walk you know side and cross, side and cross as long as it doesn't look like you're just Walking to get back to that spot. And even then you can, like shaking my head, we just walk in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, not not much more to it than that. Uh, so yeah, that that is a, another thing you can do with your shape concerns is if you are way off on the right and you think sixteen counts in, I'm way off on the right. I can't restart here. Well, just don't do a sixteen count restart. Create a completely different tag that'll walks your happy butt back to the beginning of the dance. And start on whichever foot you feel like. Yeah. Some people might not like that because they don't like tags. They'd rather just learn the dance and then know that they're supposed to restart the dance they learned. But I mean, if if it doesn't work out that way, then I mean, tags are are not like illegal in line right. dance. <laughs> some people will learn it with the tag, and some people will decide it's not worth their time, or they'll just learn a different dance that does the restart and doesn't have the issue yours does.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Also, what was the other one? Um, shape shape, that is something I definitely considered in the dance K is for Kicks,
1: <laughs> which
0: is now available on the cover line and all those other good websites. K is for Kicks, it has a K-step in it. It also has kicks. <laughs> uh, it starts out with heel together, heel together, twice on the right heel, um, and then you do the same thing on the left. And then, if you l- imagine yourself looking at it overhead, you make the K-step shape and then you scuff and do a quarter turn to your left or you brush, whichever you'd prefer to think of it as whichever part of your foot is touching the ground. Um, Then having turned a quarter to the left from your original K shape, you complete the K by stepping to the right, holding and then touching and then stepping to the left holding, and touching. That's the vertical part of the K. I felt very proud of myself (laughs) and very clever. So if anyone wants to go learn KS for Kicks, it's to the song Feel It Still by Portugal the Man. Or if you'd like a song that's about 30 beats per minute slower, I think 25 to 30 slower, you can also uh, try out the song Kicks by Paul Revere and the Raiders because it also very cleverly hits parts of the music where they say, Kicks, it's it's, uh, harder to find. And of course... You're kicking when they say that So um, Yeah, that that was one instance where I found The shape um, The shape was part Definitely a strong part of the choreography I noticed that also in um, Ain't Too Cool It's by um, t- I think that's the one that's by TB2 Where it's Trevor and his two Brendan Brandon friends It makes the shape of a T, sort of Because you're doing the scuff, you're going back, you're going forward, and then you do your diagonal step to the right and diagonal step to the left so if you don't if you just kind of ignore the diagonal, you're moving to the right and to the left after having moved back and then forward. Then you move to the right you turn around, you go back along that same path, that same column or row or whatever and then when you do your turny thing and you finish the dance facing a new wall, you're on the top the hat part of an uppercase T and I thought this was choreographed by Trevor Thornton. T.T. And here it is in the shape of a capital T. I don't know if he ever noticed that, but I thought it was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> um, the one shape-wise, now that you're speaking of actual shapes, mm-hmm. um, is Nobody's Second Best by oh. Camille Sheardown. Yes. Set to um, XO by Kelsey Ballerini. Mm-hmm. She actually has X's and O's shapes in her dance movements, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was absolutely adorable and very creative. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you can definitely have fun with your shape of your dance Mm -hmm. while keeping it um, interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. And it also gives you chances to visit other walls even if you're making a one-wall dance. I know that, um, I think it's Second Chance Waltz that Michael Barr uh, showed us at Dancing for the Dream it's a one wall dance, but it moves around a little bit and it faces different walls. So you feel like you've traveled a lot. Just like the one that we're working on, we're thinking about making one wall. But if we hit other walls during those counts, mm-hmm. then you don't feel like you've just been staring at whatever wall your you know, home wall is and counting the flowers and the wallpaper. Um, you actually are moving around, you're seeing things, you're having a journey, and then you get back to the beginning. So depending what shape you use for that, you can just do like a cross uh, formation where you move away and then come back and then move to another place and then come back and then hit the other two. Um, You can also do a box where you go to one area, one corner, and then move to the right and then move to the right and then move to the right after making a quarter turn every time. Uh, Or with Can't Walk Away, ours is more of uh, a T because you hit three of the walls, but you you never hit that fourth wall, so... It kind of, uh, in a way, seems to focus the action on your, I, I, in my opinion, since it's a, as Joe would say, right dominant dance, like, um, we start a lot of our movements with our right foot, it keeps a lot of the action on your right side, so you, your mind, your brain is thinking about what's going on on the right. When we do the rock, recover, triple, and then the full turn, we're... We're ignoring, as we do our shuffling triple, we just kind of ignore that left side of the triple. And then afterwards, when we're doing the slide touch, we're like facing the right side again. So it, um, I think probably, maybe for other people, I, I know for me it helps a little bit, it keeps your mind from wandering and figuring out where am I? Because I turned right last time, and now I'm turning left this time. Um, it just organizes your thoughts to remember it's probably to the right. I don't remember exactly, but I'll just do something with my right side, and I think it'll be <gasps> all right. Whoa! That was terrible.
1: That was awful. I don't.
0: Who said that? I don't. It just came out of my brain. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but that might help you remember. So, yeah, take that as you will. Shape, space, time, and energy. That's number four. Number five, choose to create a piece outside of the theater or in a non-traditional space. You could make a site-specific work in a park or produce a concert in a black box theater to help break up the frontal monotony of theater dance work. In these non-traditional venues, the audience is often given a new perspective from which to view dance because they are more up close and personal. There's little to no barrier between the dancers and the audience in these settings. The audience may get a 360 degree perspective or simply sit somewhere very close to the dancers. I know that, um, if I may give a shout out, Andrea Molbauer, who runs the blog uh, and podcast Dance Like Everyone's Watching, she does, or at least she has been doing more with site specific work uh, quite a lot. and in episodes that she has put out in the last few months, she's mentioned how it kind of frees up the mind to think differently. Since this whole ar- article is about how to choreograph when you're stuck, uh, that that's definitely a, a valid uh, way to think outside the box, is to actually walk outside of the box and dance there.
1: <laughs> yeah, um... I guess it's fortunate and unfortunate at the same time that we do not have immediate access to a decent dance floor or dance classroom or dance venue that we can choreograph in. Mm -hmm. So we have choreographed in regular classrooms. We've choreographed in your bedroom, in my living room, in your garage... Uh, we've done it in the hallway behind my work, um, I, I mean, in the middle of the street at very, very late at night, trying to figure out those last two movements for Can't Walk Away. Um, so fortunately, we've uh, pushed ourselves into seeing what else is around. Mm-hmm. And that actually very much can help being just in a different space. Um to release whatever block you have, um, just by switching it up and being somewhere else to dance it, mm. um, and that's definitely a blessing. However, um, it would be nice to also have some type of studio dance studio,
0: wouldn't it? Though,
1: <laughs> I would uh, certainly, certainly appreciate it, that's mm. for sure.
0: There's a a video that, I'm not sure, it's probably one of these many videos on YouTube. There's a video I watched uh, semi-recently about limitations and how they can help your creativity. Uh, If you are told to just invent something, anything, using any amount of money and any amount of material, and it can help anyone or help no one, or do a lot of things, or do one thing, and... um, you know, maybe no one will use it, maybe everyone will use it. Like with all of that, how are you going to come up with something like brilliant that isn't a specific purposed tool or service? Sometimes it can be helpful if there are so many steps that you don't know what to do with all of them. You just tell yourself, okay, well, you know what? I just won't use triples. Let's see if we can do this entire dance in whole counts. No syncopations of any kind. Um, or I I want to use five holds. I don't know where I'm going to put them. Nothing in the music says I need to put holds, and I'd really rather do an even number if I had to do any. But let's see what happens if we try to do five holds. Um, Or if you are in um, a parking lot, and you say, can I do this entire dance on this white strip of paint between parking spots? Like, could I do this on a tightrope? That might help constrain your thoughts a little bit more. Maybe make it more like a West Coast Swing sort of a dance. And if you don't like what that does to the dance or the song, good. Because it's like when you're in space. You're floating around. There's nothing to hold on to. And there's nothing to propel you anywhere. But if a rock comes along and floats your way and you say, mm, well... I know I don't want to be here. I don't want to I don't know if there's anywhere else in the universe I want to be, but I don't really want to be on this asteroid or whatever the thing is. You can push off of it. You can get away from it. And now you have direction. You know that I mean there's still a lot of unknown ahead of you, but at least there is now an ahead of you. You are moving away from the thing you didn't want. So you're heading wherever the opposite is, you start to explore that space. When you find something else in that opposite direction, when you say like, okay, uh, I've used no triples and that's not really working. It's not really energetic enough. All right, let's see what happens when we do all triples. The entire dance is gonna be one and two, three and four. Now we're doing a polka dance. Like that's too many probably, depending what kind of dance you're going for. So go in the opposite direction again and just keep pushing off of things until by process of elimination all that's left is the stuff you're still comfortable with. And then the dance will feel inevitable like like dances you learn from other people. You just accept them as done. Somehow they're confident enough or they're enthusiastic enough that you learn their dance and you say oh, well that's that's the dance the dance is done now I accept it completely and I'll do it as it is when when you don't have that feeling about your own work, then you don't produce anything. And I've had that happen so many times, where all the steps feel arbitrary, and I'm just coming up with that out of nowhere. So why should anyone do that? Why couldn't they just do this other thing that's just as good? Um, that that's not that that does not lend itself to productivity, and it just uh, keeps you feeling like anxious and unsure and like some imposter choreographer. <laughs> so. <laughs> I have no
1: idea what that feels like at all. So
0: having limitations and telling yourself you cannot do this or this thing because that's just the way it is, live with it. Like, they're saying these things. So in this dance, you're not going to do country-looking steps. Country-looking steps. Like, you're going to do sweepy movements that make you feel pretty and graceful. You're not going to do a heel jack. Like, tell yourself that, and then that at least gives you some idea. Okay, it's not an infinite number of steps that are in front of me. It's like 10,000 minus one. Or hopefully fewer and fewer until there's only that one step that could possibly go there and everything else feels weird. When you feel confident in it and you say, yes, I did my best, I filtered everything else out, and this is the dance, other people will believe it. And they will look at that and they'll say, oh, well, he seems very sure of this. Let me try this other... Th- no, it doesn't really work as well. He was right. That, that is the dance that should go with this song. It's the best feeling of fit. Uh, that, that's how you know your dance is done. That's how you can feel comfortable submitting it to competitions. Uh, mine is not there yet. We have a few hours left. Let's hope something happens. Number six. Break your typical movement mold. If you tend to move a certain way and create dances that all contain similar movement qualities, challenge yourself to create a movement study in ways that oppose your natural habits. You can create an entire piece off of this idea or use it as a way to contrast your movement in other choreographic works.
1: So pretty much what you just meant like the last five minutes talking about.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely came out of... Uh, country bar scene when I first went into circuit-type events, um, not knowing how normal it was for everyone else to do hip-hoppy dances or nightclub two-step dances. Or I think I was aware of waltz across Texas, but even that's pretty basic. Like, there are some really fancy waltz things you can do uh, when you have more of a movement toolkit to play with. That actually was one of the questions I would ask people in podcast interviews when it seemed like they just knew every step that they could possibly draw from in their dances. Like people like Fred and, and Rachel, like so many different styles come out when they do a dance. And I've asked, "Where do you get these movements from? Like what have you studied? What do you experiment with so that you could even conceptualize that movement going there. I've noticed Shane McKeever has been doing a lot of that lately as well. Even with a beginner dance he put out somewhat recently, he does this thing with his arm and opening up his knee, and I think how did you come up with that? Like, it works from what I can see. I've never done the dance itself. Like, um, Bollywood 45. Another example of unusual movement. I think, is that Jose and Guillaume. I want to say? I'm not really... Let's look it up rather than just be wrong and offensive. Uh, let's look up Bollywood 45 line dance. And this, is, oh look, it's, is that Vivian? That is Vivian. Vivian 2 is one of the, the first videos that comes up when I search this. And it was Guillaume and Jose. Uh, I see that dance with like the little hand movements and the jumps to the diagonal. And I think, what did they watch? Or what class did they take? that even showed them it was possible to do something like that. Because everyone else who has never seen that before would probably be thinking, okay, I could probably do like a heel together here, or I could do like a toe strut, because that's what I know. Like, that's what I'm familiar with. Uh, If you have an opportunity to expose yourself to new movement, uh, first do it, and then tell the rest of us what it is. (laughs) Because we could probably all use more exposure to non-traditional movement. Uh, Sometimes I'll just get really loose. I'll just throw my arms and legs out everywhere and just see what happens. Or again, I'll try the opposite of what's normal. Um, If you're used to doing toe heels and every dance you've ever done has been toe heel, see what a heel toe feels like. Maybe it feels a little weird, but maybe you can modify it and then make it work. And then people will look at that and like, "Oh my God, so innovative! How did you know you could do that?" I'm not there, but um, actually, you know, no, there is, there is one thing that I've never seen before that I have done in a dance, and it, maybe somebody's done it. I just don't know about it. But if anybody feels like looking up the dance, "All the Pretty Girls," it's set to the song um, "All the Pretty Girls" by Fun and after doing a left quarter turn there's a pimp walk and i really wanted a kickball change there but i didn't want it to just go forward i really liked how the pimp walk led into it so i have two pimp ball changes where it's like a kickball change but you land it in a pimp walk movement so it's not just kickball step but it's like kickball pimp walk And it fits. It feels really good to do it there. It's like, da-da-da. You're, like, pushing your shoulders forward and then bringing them back as you're doing the kick. Anyway, that's something that's non-traditional movement that people can test out today if they feel like doing it. I might enter that as one of the dances for fun in the sun. We'll see.
1: Yeah, um, I know breaking uh, your typical movement is... um much easier said than done because your body moves natural to you, not to other other styles or other mm-hmm. people. And it's, it's certain movements you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's been extremely informative Uh, choreographing with you because we have such different dance styles Mm -hmm. so to find that balance in between us has been very informative for me and it's something that going into the couple songs that I've been playing with lately um, I've kind of incorporated a little bit of uh, how I would describe like your style just so that I can get a different feel than what how I normally dance, which allows me to grow as a dancer. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely helpful to break out of your normal, like, okay, well, I want to put this here, but what if I tried something that I've seen somebody else do or, or even just, um, dance it the same steps, but how somebody else would dance it. Um, and it's, it's, an interesting exercise.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I, I think about yeah, what would this look like if Rachel were doing it? What would it look like if Roy were doing it? And those are going to look very different. Yes. Because they're both very talented in very different ways. Some, some ways overlapping. Uh, also, uh, even Joe has a style that sometimes I'll think, like, what would this look like if it were, like, fierce and sassy? <laughs> and, like, a little bit... You know, just, like... Get, get that kind of lemonade, uh, never been to Spain, showstopper attitude. That would look different from Roy, uh, and maybe, depending on the, the song, it might fit better. You know? Yeah. So having more exposure to more choreographers who are, oh my gosh, and then this is great advice for people to just be themselves and have permission to be themselves, When you when you See all these different choreographers being themselves; it's going to look different. If they're all trying to look the same because they're all trying to keep their thumbs and their buckles and look synchronized or whatever, then learning from one's just as good as learning from any of the other fifteen people. So, yeah, huge advice there um, that you know comes into actual practicable action. Be yourself when you're choreographing. Be honest. Be authentic. And you know, use use the best of you. And then maybe you'll be an example to somebody else. Also, um, sometimes s- certain dances will give you a lot of new stuff all at once. Like Let It Out, Rachel's one of Rachel's new dances. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a lot of new stuff. Uh, fragile. A lot of different movements in that that I wouldn't have thought You could do in a line dance, like with hands. And even more so than like Sound of Silence or One Reason, there's a lot of, I don't even know how to describe it, like well fitting, but not intuitive um, to the normal person uh, movements. And by learning that one dance, you're going to be exposed to a lot of stuff. Skinny Love was my first real, like, slow non-country line dance and that showed me a lot of what was possible as well, that's Roy Uh and I think, I want to say Raymond Sarlamagne was also on that, so I'm going to go ahead and look it up, maybe Fiona's in there too, who knows A Skinny Love Line Dance and this is Roy Hadisobroto and Raymond Sarlamagne, and it was just the two of them that has hand things that happen, it has this brushing the floor with your foot motion that now is very popular in Straight to the Castle Uh, things that you wouldn't think to do if you only were exposed to everything else. There are these special dances that really knock you out of your comfort zone and help you grow Uh, Also, number five about dancing in a non-traditional space that'll come up again if you could remind me for number nine uh, as it rapidly approaches. So Number six was break your typical movement mold. Uh, Oh, you know, another thing that that would be helpful there is just be aware in your daily movements. Uh, This kind of goes into number seven, so I'll I'll, I'll just mention that. Incorporate postmodern dance techniques. Test your limit of what dance can be. The postmodern dances of the 1960s used pedestrian movements such as walking and everyday gestures to make entire pieces. They also incorporated spoken word, video projection, and more. So just think about, like, if you've exhausted everything that you think you can do with your legs, just think, what does it feel like when I brush my teeth? What does it feel like when I reach for something on the top shelf? Or push a shopping cart? Or pull things out of my wallet and put them into my bag? Or vice versa? Or load a new cartridge into the printer. There are all these different movements we make, and they could be used in dance. They don't always seem obvious, like Bollywood 45, but when you do them, sometimes they actually work with the music. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first time I ever did the Whip and Nene was at the beginning of Whip It. I had <laughs> heard the song kind of, but um, I, I didn't make the connection immediately because I'm, I'm very out of the loop for things like whip whip and nene. Uh when I saw whip it, I just thought, "Oh, that's cool. They're doing like a punch." huh I wouldn't have thought to do a punch. Later I find out, "Oh, this is this is whip and nene. It just doesn't have the nene because they're doing whip it. They're not doing a whip it and nene." Shows what I know about t- traditional and non-traditional dance movements. Uh but yeah, like there are different things you can do. Just It almost looks like you're driving your car. Just like having your fist out there. So anything you do during the course of the day, if you're just sitting and being aware how is my body holding itself right now, could I use that? I know Noe Rolden has talked about uh, in his line dance podcast episode tripping over something in the sidewalk and catching himself in a certain way and thinking, that was cool, what did I just do? And then he wanted to put that into a dance and I think he ended up doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm just now getting used to the idea of the um, modern dance techniques to go back to the postmodern mm. <laughs> it's a little bit interesting um, but yeah it's it there's certainly when you're exploring what can be done you can make it as weird as... Random as you want it, and always scale back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things uh, my writing professor always told me was I would rather you give too much detail than not enough because you can always cut detail, but flushing out detail is a whole lot harder. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, 184 possible movements, and all you need is 32 then you can really select the best options as opposed to the opposite.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've i been told that in theater as well, by my directors who will say like, you need to reach the back of the room, um, but like it's easier to have you go like to the next theater across the street and then just dial it back, rather than keep nagging you every week give me more, like, you're about half the house right now, try to get to the back of the house, and it it can be distracting like, when everything you're doing is great but you need to, like, keep pushing, that can affect how the delivery ends up sounding, because then it can sound forced it's a lot harder to sound forced when you're actually toning it down because then you just sound controlled and um, I've thought about that as well with Steps is like looking at trying to do this process elimination thing with the dance that I may or may not compete with. Uh, I've been thinking about not doing more than is necessary. Like don't, like if at all possible, I think we mentioned this in podcast before, like just don't move. Like just like listen to the song and don't move. The dance is not moving. It's 32 counts of holding. And then that doesn't feel right. Because there's this part where they say something about hands up. Okay, so I need to put my hands up. So I'll just stand there for 32 counts and not move until they say hands up. Then I'll put my hands up. And then there's this other part where they say something about leaving. I'm like, all right. So I need to leave. So I'll just just turn around. I'll stand for 16 counts, and then I'll turn around because I'm leaving. And then I'll put my hands up. And then for the rest of the time, I'll just hold. Because I don't want to overcomplicate it. And then more and more things happen in the song. And... You say, okay, well, now that I've left and taken two steps, I need to do something with that movement, so I'll, I'll terminate that movement, and now I have four counts where I'm not holding. Uh, I, in this dance, I'm trying not to over-syncopate unless I absolutely like need to hit certain parts. Um, I'm trying not to do excessive hand movement unless it really lends itself to hand movement right there, and it has to be done, or I'll feel like something's missing. Uh, I, I'm doing as much as I can with hold... Uh, Holds and whole counts, if I can, but with 32 counts, uh, I'm just kind of balancing out the necessary movements, the cleanup movements that just deal with your momentum, and then leaving space. Very important to leave space so that the dancer can fill in what they want because they can personalize it more and feel more invested if you haven't micromanaged every aspect of their body.
1: True. Very true. Mm
0: -hmm. That's why, for some dances, they are very rewarding to learn and complete with all of their crazy movements, but I will sometimes just have more fun with and request a dance that doesn't demand so much, because then I can play. And sometimes we dance to play, not to perform. Exactly. Number eight, make your work multidisciplinary. If you ever feel stumped for ideas, consider how you can use other art forms or something seemingly completely unrelated to dance to create a new dance work. For example, you could incorporate live music or live painting into the dance. Another idea would be to work with a scientist or anthropologist closely on a topic that interests you to base movement from.
1: First thing that came to mind was a towel. Yes. (laughs) Was the towel. Um, Would
0: you like to give any context? Just, I mean,
1: I, I would be shocked if anybody doesn't know of Uh, do something crazy. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, there are dances that he has done that uh, Guyton has been part of involving hats and knee pads. So uh, if anyone would like to inform me more about those, I haven't seen them in person. So, yeah, if anyone wants to give me context on, like, what are these things I've heard about with hats and knee pads in other dances?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but that was was the first thing that came to mind was um, using a towel. Mm -hmm. Um, I know... I've seen um, some fans. That was kind of cool. Yes. Seeing people actually use fans during the dance besides just to fan themselves, but like as an extension of themselves or to um, hit a certain movement. Mm-hmm. Um, that that certainly uh, props are certainly something you can incorporate, um, which then gives you a whole new feel for the dance. Mm-hmm. And ideas and definitely opens um your range. I was actually um, I guess this is kind of spoiler I was playing with the idea of a mystery box and getting a bunch of things from like the cheap local dollar store or party store or something like that and just throwing them in the box and bringing them um a club to Sonoma State Line Dance Club for one night for um, class and be like, Okay, everybody pull something out and I want you to figure out how to use this in a dance. Give eight. me four counts or eight counts of something. Just Five, to nine. push them to a whole new level so that they can grow and expand. And you could come up with some really cool things. You can come up with some very goofy things too, but you know, who knows? Maybe that's the the next um, you know Big hit
0: mm-hmm.
1: So And it's it's a fun Goofy pro- Process And you know Because of What um, Has been created At Sonoma State Line Dance Club It's a very safe Environment mm-hmm. That I can see Several people Having a lot of Fun with it
0: mm-hmm. So Yeah That's um, That's kind of What we do with The podcast To some extent and just in chats we've had about line dance in general, is taking anything at all and connecting it to line dance Mm -hmm. and just smashing things that you wouldn't think together and saying, all right, because we are humans and we are sense-making machines, there is a way that this actually works. Because if you take the broader view that everything in the universe is connected in some way and we're just... I think Steve Jobs has a quote that's something like... um, you can only see the uh, dots. You can only connect the dots when they're behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, I think I had posted on my MySpace or Facebook like in 2008 or whenever it was. I don't know. Uh, if it was MySpace, it was older. But um, it was something like see the dots and then connect them. I had that as like my life motto or something. Uh, that's kind of what I've been doing with Line Dance is just see what, what are the significant things that I should be paying attention to. And how can I draw them into the line dance world? Like virtual reality, immersive 360-degree video. Those have made appearances on my YouTube channel at various points. Uh, Dancing in different locations. What would this dance look like on a pier, on a cliff, (laughs) in the middle of the road? (laughs) Well, now we know (laughs) because we've done it. We can't walk away. Uh, Sometimes I think about what would line dance look like on a space station? What does it do to your concept of walls when you don't just have one, two, three, four going around you, but you also have up and down? Now you've flipped over, you're now upside down. Are walls one through four still the same, or do you have to rename them like north, south, east, west, and then up down? Like how do you rotate in in a like usually you rotate a quarter turn or a half turn. How do you do like an upside down half turn To the diagonal like what would that dance look like what do you use when it's not just your legs on the ground when we think of dance we think about a relationship with gravity how do we push off to make this nice pretty lift with our knee in love remains Um, or in uh, when you love someone like there are all these different things that we just kind of take for granted as being byproducts of our relationship with gravity but if you didn't have that anymore what would you do like how do you use I mean when you're floating in the middle of the the room, the the space station, how do you push off of anything? How do you do you start the dance on one wall and does the entire dance consist of you moving by pushing off of this one and then using your hands so you don't hit your head at the the wall above you and then how does that change things like spirals? When you spiral, you just spiral like once and then you land it. But now you can do a spiral and a sweep and an arabesque and never touch the next wall. That's all happening in space as you're moving from one diagonal of the space station to the other. These are the things that make... You, you. I was going to say us who we are, <laughs> but um, that is that, that multidisciplinary approach to line dance... I think is what is going to make things very interesting going forward. Because we have, like, uh, Darcy DeAngelis and Kayla Cosgrove with the dances they've competed this past year. What was it? At um, Showdown, we saw Wiggle Wop on on the live stream. And that was so different from what we're used to seeing at events. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, like, with Soyo Cha, it's a little simpler so people can kind of learn that or at least attempt to wiggle might be a little more challenging uh, without like a lot of people around you but it's just exciting to think that that's a possibility that you could do something like that it's allowed and it works so then it really breaks your mind open for what else could we do what have we not considered today I watched two videos of Roy dancing while he was injured I don't know if you've seen these videos, but. I
1: have not.
0: He is. Okay, so when you hurt your calf, you had those arm braces things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're like crutches, crutches but they're, crutches. they're not the kind that you have in your armpit, uh, armpit, but uh, the kind that you grip, and which are braced against your forearm or upper arm. <laughs> Bless you. Roy, during one of the night's performances, he does part of it in the chair just where they're sitting, him, uh, he and Lorenzo Golo Evans, I think uh, they are the two who were tutting and using the crutches as props. And he created an entire performance with that limitation. And it worked. Yeah. And then... Um,
1: surprise me.
0: For another one, when he was demoing... Which dance was it? Uh, his new one, Somebody Wants You. Or Someone Wants You, something like that. Uh, he... In the middle of, I want to say it's Neville and Julie who are on his left and right, he's doing the dance with his hands in the air. Like, I'm sure we've done that, like, just sitting in the car when, you know, we can't get up and dance, but a song comes on, we'll, like, do it with our hands. But he does it, like, impeccably. You can follow the movement of his hands, and it's what they're doing on their feet. So all the different things that you can do, like, what for when they're saying multidisciplinary, that's one of the ideas that I don't want to give too many spoilers about uh, if I ever release this video Um, one of the things I've thought about is what would this dance that I've choreographed look like in not, not just different locations but completely different contexts such that it's still the same dance barely but in ways that you would never have imagined could be done while still being that dance yeah so we'll see if that dance comes out or that, that dance video comes out uh, in the next few weeks at all. That would be fun. Yeah. Multidisciplinary. Story of Line Dance Podcast. Number nine, which as I mentioned, relates somewhat to number five. Mesh genres. Have you ever thought about making a hip-hop nutcracker? You could use modern dance techniques in a musical theater piece or ballet in a tap number. The possibilities are endless. And that's one of the things that I was thinking about as we were looking at number five, choose to create a piece outside of the theater in a non-traditional space. When Rachel did some of those floor splits at um, Portland, uh, Northwest Line Dance Blast, there was one that she did I want to say it was dizzy. It could have been dizzy. It was one that I knew, and it, it was to a hip hop song, and I had never done that dance to that kind of music before. And I thought, okay, what would this look like? Because these are pretty basic movements. So if I just did them with more of like a pimp strut or like a, you know heavy chains around the neck so I'm not just standing upright and la-la-la, spinning around in circles, but now I'm like, uh, swinging it around. Mm." Yeah, I'm thug. I'm thug. (laughs) I got street cred. Anyway. uh, The
1: neighborhood kid doesn't count.
0: (laughs) Neighborhood kid?
1: Yeah, whatever kid gave you your street cred.
0: (laughs) Oh. I think I count. Even if my gold chains are invisible. Anyway, that's how you keep them clean. It's just you can't see them. It's also
1: how you keep them from getting stolen. That's true. That's true.
0: (laughs) Which leads me back to non-traditional place. If you are in like a shopping mall, and you're thinking, what would this dance look like in a shopping mall versus in a back alley somewhere or on the streets of Paris? Uh, how would that shape the way that you do the dance? How would you do it at a kid's birthday party? How would you do it to a group of senior citizens? Uh, they are all going to connect with it in different ways depending on who they are and what life experiences they have had. So if you want to get really weird about it, like that, that's a good way to think about it for people. Like, If you're dancing among kids, you want to maybe simplify the movements but make them look energetic and fun... And for elders, maybe you would want to keep the movements simple, but show them in very like, elegant, dignified ways that they can feel confident in, whereas the kids just want to bounce off the walls, so then you can over exaggerate movements. Mm-hmm. If you want to get weird, think about how would this look like in a city dump? If I were doing this dance among a bunch of like discarded televisions and parts of cars, how would I modify this dance so that I feel at home with them? Or if you're doing it, because I, I'm looking outside and I see these garbage bins, I think, what is the essence of a garbage bin? And like you, you think, okay, so they've got good posture. They roll, but they only kind of move forward. If you were doing it on a chessboard, how would I do this dance among pawns so that I'm generally moving forward and maybe a little to the diagonal and not really moving back at all, if I can, versus how would I do this as the queen, where I can jump around diagonal willy-nilly, or versus doing this as the rook. How could I do this dance only moving straight forward and back and left and right, or as a bishop, moving only to the diagonal? Dizzy does not move in diagonals. How would you do Dizzy as a diagonal without just saying, oh, we rotated one-eighth? No, try to do everything with like a little bit of an eighth turn, and then see how that changes everything cuz now you're dancing on a chessboard you have to do this how oh my lordy how would you do it as a knight how would you do your dance as an L shape and i my i can't even picture that right now my brain's a little broken
1: he broke himself he <laughs>
0: broke himself what have i done <laughs> maybe that'll help with choreography later is like how can i do this dance so I end up in an L shape away from where I started. Also, I have to teleport there somehow because knights don't move in a linear fashion. They just kind of show up there. So now I have to invent teleport. If I don't win, based on the creation of apparition or apparition (laughs) on the dance floor, I don't know who these judges are or whether they're qualified, but... um, (laughs) That would definitely cut down on our travel expenses if we get to a lot more events that way.
1: I've always said my uh, X-Men superpower would be teleportation anyways, so.
0: (laughs) So there you go. Like, in addition to dancing in space stations, now we have to think further down the road, what would a lion dance look like where we're teleporting? And we're not just doing transition steps to get there. We're just there what opens up, what possibilities are available when you no longer have to transition you can just hit high spots all the time there are no filler movements clap snap is kind of like that a lot of stuff where you're just doing the thing that happens in the music here and there there's like a box turn but like mostly you're just doing the stuff that's there I'm like making myself sweat right now I'm so worked up (laughs) Excited to choreograph today. All right. <clears throat> so that was number nine, mesh genres, merged with creating a piece outside of the theater or a non-traditional space, and how would that dance change depending on the space that you're in. Number, well, there's was a long list. I didn't know there were 11. <clears throat> number 10, use chance methods. Choreographer Merce Cunningham pioneered this method. There are multiple ways to use chance methods when choreographing. You could roll dice or use the I Ching as he did. Another idea would be to pull ideas, numbers, etc., out of a hat and use that for sequencing, phrasing, or anything else.
1: You kind of have something like this already.
0: I do. I have a choreography kit. And to describe this for people who haven't seen it in person because I keep it in my line dance binder when I go to events because I'm a giant nerd, uh, I have a grid. That was my first draft um, of, of this automatic choreography tool. I have a grid, so along the top it says like A through G or something and then down the side it says one through probably six or not, not very many. And I, inside each of the boxes, <clears throat> I wrote, and I would do variations on them too. like To do it as like super dead easy as possible, just break it down so that every thing that lines up is a one count movement. So if you get A3, walk. Just one foot moving in some direction. And then G6 could be heel. So now you have walk, heel. And you just repeat that until the end of the dance. But mine is a little more ambitious. And it has subcategories within them. So mine actually, it's base level is two count movements so that you have things like sailor steps, wizard steps, um, body rolls, things like that. And it it incorporates inside of that whether there's a turn involved. So a coaster step is not just a coaster step. Within a six or whatever, you might have coaster and then is it variation a or b variation a might just be coaster step variation b might be coaster turn or coaster cross and so on so uh oh and then if that's if there's like a sweep a two count sweep is it a forward sweep is it a back sweep does it sweep and turn to another wall if so how many degrees is it a diagonal is it uh is it 45 degrees 90 degrees etc uh A lot going on with all the different possibilities there are in dance, so it's not, like, complete. It does not have every possible movement, uh, especially once you get hands in there. I haven't touched hands for the most... That's so sad, I haven't touched hands. All those girlfriends, I never touched hands. Anyway, um, (laughs) thank you for your consolation. I I appreciate this, in this rough time of my early 30s. Um, So... It's not a a fully comprehensive choreography kit, but it does help for taking it out of your hands. Whoa, how does this keep happening? Anyway, um, (laughs) it it forces you to say, this is the dance. You couldn't come up with anything else. You couldn't just do it yourself. So now this is the dance, and this is what you're going to put your name on. This is what everyone's going to see when they see your dance to this song. And it's look like walk, shuffle... Toe strut, toe strut, six more toe struts, and then a sweep. Are you happy? Is that what you wanted? Is that truly your dance? No, it's not. So let's take that asteroid and push far away from it. Maybe we'll replace four of those toe struts, and we'll re-roll the dice and see what else comes up. And now you have four sweeps. Great. Way to go. You put too many sweeps into your grid. Eventually, you'll have a dance that you kind of like, and ideally, you'll replace the entire thing. Otherwise, you end up with hashtag woke pop. <laughs> no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants no. that. Nobody wants to dance that. Not even the choreographers.
1: No, definitely not the choreographers. No. Fortunately, I have forgotten most of
0: the movements. Yes. Yes. Yeah, some of it was like maybe we could steal this for another part, but for the most part, it was completely like derivative sequencing that um, has no artistic merit in and of itself. Mm. I'm sweating some more. <laughs> uh, so that was use chance methods. And um, yeah, it, it's mostly based on just the grid. So you would do a different dice. roll. Let's say you were doing A, A, B, C, D, E, F. Uh, early 30s, and I'm counting on my hands. So uh, you have F, and then you have 6. That could be done in two di- dice rolls. Uh, you have one for A through F, and you have another one for 1 through 6. If you're... Um, a nerd like us, and not that we've actually participated in much Dungeons & Dragons, but I personally have, like, 20 and 10-sided dies just because I think they're fun.
1: Oh, I have so many 20-sided dies, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous.
0: So then you can expand. <laughs> you can go a, letters A through, I believe that's T. Uh, T would be the 20th letter. And then you can make your grid uh, ridiculously large and unwieldy and it'll actually look like an original dance because you'll have more dance possibilities, more dance movement possibilities rather than just a six by six.
1: Yeah. And then you can even play with them and figure out like, instead of doing it this way, you can just rotate it ever so slightly and then you have changed the feel.
0: Mm -hmm. And because we have uh, espoused this advice in previous podcast episodes, um, if you would like to steal this idea, if you, it, it, we, we are giving away this idea of a choreography app to anybody who would like to give it a go. I know I would like to test it out if you do it, but if you don't, because it's a lot of hard work and honestly, it's for a very niche population uh, among billions of people on this planet. Uh, and you're probably not going to make much money off of it. If any, uh, consider it an exercise. Yeah. Uh We'll probably end up doing something like that just because that's who we are and we have free time to learn programming so that we can do a choreography app that three people will use, two of whom are us. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that's that's fine. It helps push the, the line dance world forward and it meshes genres. It gets multidisciplinary. If we could get more sign language and programming and line dance... And space stations, all together, we'd have a really crackerjack dance, I think. That would win win the competition that we would put on ourselves, maybe nobody else's. Number 11, consider the end result. What will the costumes and lighting look like? These are two essential elements that can lend a great deal to the final product. Your movement and ideas may even be inspired by particular costuming and lighting ideas as well, so do not leave them for the very end. They could even be a starting point for an entire dance. There's a closing paragraph here. Think of your mind like an open book when you start the choreographic process. Just as a writer may get writer's block, try to open another door instead of continually trying to open a locked one. This does not mean that you are giving up, but rather trying something new. When we can free ourselves creatively, the rewards are plentiful that we are creating a work that expresses our deepest potentials. Consider the end result.
1: That's one of the big things um, people ask me when I'm talking about, like, when I hear a song and when I want to do a dance to it or when I've been working on a dance. They've asked me, essentially, like, well, what do I want out of it? Um,
0: Where are you going to do it is a big one. Is um,
1: Who is your audience Yes, is essentially what yes. is the most common phrased question, um, which, and that's huge. Like, I... I've been considering that a lot lately is um okay well this song where do I see this song being played is this a bar song is this a ballroom song is this a I have no idea but it sounds fun to me and I just want the practice or is this a crossover or um okay so that's the song now what do I want the dance to do Who? now that i've decided that that's where it sounds like it should be who's going to have the ability to do this dance um if it's going to be a bar scene then in theory it's going to have um a little bit younger crowd um and maybe not quite so um i guess elegant mm. I don't typically associate elegance with the bar scene. Um, you can be pretty in the bar, but elegant is is generally what I associate with more of a ballroom scene. Because um, I think of like you know upright posture and very graceful movements when you're dancing in a ballroom. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you can't have the opposite in a ballroom, mm-hmm. but I generally don't see pieces being done at any of our local bars Mm -hmm. um so you know like that kind of then goes okay well that means that this is kind of like the the feel i want versus um your senior group that you teach Mm -hmm. like they're not going to be doing a whole lot of you know like jumps and spins and that kind of stuff um your senior group uh wants to feel like they can accomplish something without hurting themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So like what's going to give them that dignity? Mm -hmm. And so like that end result is where it's like, okay, now what am I looking for? What do I want to express with this song, with my dance, to which audience? Mm -hmm. So that's generally where I go.
0: Hear me out on this one. Okay. So there's a lollipop on that shelf. Oh, dear Lord. And I thought, okay, incorporating the concept of lollipops. At first I thought, well, you can't, you shouldn't dance with a lollipop in your mouth because you could fall and then jam it in your throat and choke and die.
1: Okay, Mom. I mean, Dad. I mean, I'm
0: <laughs> awkward. Anyway. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> um, so then I thought, wait a second. What is the essence of a lollipop? Because it's... I mean, if, when you think of a lollipop, you have a very I- clear idea in mind. Like you have the central structure that is non-dissolvable, which is the stick, and then outside of that, you have this material that is congealed into a solid enough form to look like something. But when you consume it, you surround it and you break it down into its constituent parts, and then those parts are burned for energy. So this might not come up at any of the events we go to but I can see some festivals out in the desert that might be interested so it's a circle dance and there's a central pole structure around which a semi-solid let's call it a paste is clumped this dance involves everyone along the outside of the circle like taste buds At some points in the dance, maybe every 64 counts or whatever, people move into the middle. They move closer to the middle, kind of like that version of Ghost Train we saw, uh, where they do it as a circle dance, so they come into the middle and then they come back out. They make some kind of movement against the paste and wipe it on their hands or bodies. And then they move back out toward the outside and they apply this paste to their bodies. They'll probably want to wear Fireproof suits So now this paste This colored paste that looks like a giant lollipop It's been applied to their entire body Over the course of the dance
1: How much sleep did you get last night? Not enough
0: Is the answer to that question So now they're covered in this this Semi-flammable paste And at the end of the dance As a way of consuming the lollipop And metabolizing it they set themselves on fire. And the lollipop has been consumed. I'm on their bodies. I hope
1: that anybody who has listened to this podcast is enjoying themselves right now.
0: It's still a line dance. It's a circle. It's a circular line dance involving fire and lollipops. And really, when you think about it, when you consume that lollipop as the dancer, you have become the lollipop because you are now the stick surrounded in the semi-flammable paste.
1: So you had me in the hole. It's circular, mm-hmm. and then you said the, the pole structure, and I went, "Okay, maypole, all right, exactly
0: like a maypole." And then you
1: had it the fire, paste. and you lost me at the paste. So I never made it to the fire. Okay.
0: And depending how much time you have in the dance, you could even draw fun patterns on yourself. You figure people do those races where they they like throw colored powders on themselves. And it's like fun decoration. You just add the element of setting yourself on fire and you have something revolutionary. Anyway. But it's not it's not metabolism without fire.
1: (sighs) Anyway. Oh
0: dear. Otherwise it's just weirdos (laughs) putting paste on themselves. (laughs) It's art. It's my art. You cannot judge my art. Consider the end result. (laughs) Number 11. You may end up on fire. Taking a deep cleansing breath before we move on to our next segment. Let us ponder multidisciplinary meshing genres and how to get yourself out of a rut and getting yourself unstuck the typical choreography process, deep breath in,